This is Social Media Simplified, a podcast that takes the guesswork out of using social media to build your audience and increase your exposure on the web. Join us as a social media scholar for exclusive tips, tactics, and strategies to create content, market your brand, and much more. Let's do this. Hey, all you social media scholars, welcome to Social Media Simplified. I'm Nathan Garrett, your digital dynamo. And I'm Lante Tacona, your collaboration connoisseur. And today we're going to be talking about the three things to make the best use of your time as an entrepreneur. And number two is kind of controversial. So, Lante, what would you say some things that you use throughout your day to make good use of your time? Yeah, I think for me, going taking a step back um, before we get into the tools is as an entrepreneur, well, as somebody who has a, a, a nine to five and is running a business on the side, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I need to get done each day. Um, and and going to work every day is easy because I have a calendar, I have responsibilities, you know, there's things that I'm supposed to do. It's all set out for me per se. Um, but as an entrepreneur, you know, you kind of have to make make your list of things to do, like give yourself those actions and then hold yourself accountable to those things. And so I find it really challenging to, um, to spend, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours in a, do- in a job and then come out of that job and then try to spend another eight, you know, hours doing my, my own business. And so I, I'm struggled. I, I struggle with that a lot. And I'm sure a lot of, a lot of you guys out there are uh, struggling as well, trying to figure out how to prioritize, you know, how to make sure that you're always moving the needle forward and, um, and really just being productive, you know, at, at everything that you're, you're trying to accomplish. Um, there's what, 1,440 minutes in a day, and it's really hard to kind of ration those out, especially if you're, if you're, if you're tired or if you've been burnt out or you've been doing one certain task. So I think um, for me, one of the things that I, I always think about when I, when I have to put together a schedule of things I need to do to make sure that I'm productive is, is for one, um, I need to identify what those things are, right? So I'm not gonna call it a task list, but more like milestones. What are the things that I need to accomplish, whether that's at the job or whether that's at home? So writing those things down for me is, is one of the most helpful. It's like it's step one, right? Because a lot of times uh, I spend a lot of time in my head, right? Thinking about the things that I need to do or thinking about not even the things I need to do, but thinking about the results I'd like to see. But being able to break down those results into tangible steps for one, step one is, is something that I use and um, and then, and then finally, I guess managing or implementing those steps is the next step to that. But uh, but yeah, identifying identifying what the result is, and then some key milestones that I need to hit in order to achieve that. So, mm. how about you? Do you struggle with time management, or you know, with your businesses that you're running, and mm. how do you approach it? Yeah, you made some good points there, as far as really understanding. You know, there is only a limited amount of time in the day. And making best use of that, I mean, you have a nine to five, I do not, but it's more of, for myself, yes, I mean, I have to structure everything. I wake up and I can make a decision right then and there. I can just chill, get takeout, watch Netflix all day, or I can really make sure I stick to my list. And I do make a list for myself the night before. We've talked about that on this podcast a few times. Or making a list the night before and knowing what you have to accomplish the next day, man, that helps start my day right. It really does. And so, like you said earlier, 
um, moving the needle forward, right? Always moving the needle forward in some way. And that's really just taking some sort of action, no matter how small or big that action is. And so, yeah, as an entrepreneur, we do have to manage our time well because days can just get away from us, really. Yeah. And so usually what it comes down to for me is I know I have a specific list that I created. And throughout my years of being self-employed, I know what's achievable in that day. I know I can accomplish this many tasks. I know what's reasonable for the time I have. Because as you all know, life gets in the way, right? Life always gets in the way. You're like, okay, this week I'm going to accomplish all these things. It's like, well, you got to make sure you leave room for the unexpected Mm because that's life, right? Something does happen. That doesn't mean you can't get anything done though. And so for myself, yeah, if we're going to really talk about how to make best use of our time, Usually for me, it is starting the day with that task list and really looking at it and knowing, okay, this is a reasonable amount of time. I can do this within these this many hours and make sure I have a productive day. When you, when you create your task list or kind of what you were alluding to is, is it's, it's sort of like you have daily goals, call it. Yeah. So when you're making your task list, are these um, things that are like build one on top of another you know like I need to do this thing that's going to then lead to this thing that's going to lead to this thing and then you say I need to do that thing at the end of the day Mm. or how do you Mm. you know because I can come up with a million different things for a task list but they might not necessarily be tied together or or move the needle forward sometimes they are tied together uh, but most of the time I know myself uh, for me and I think for a lot of you it's what I've been learning a lot lately by myself is it's all about momentum And so if I know I have maybe one unique task to do and there's other tasks that will uh, follow it, I don't put those down because I know if I just start there with that one task, it will Mm. naturally lead to all those other tasks that are subsequent of that, if that makes sense. Right. So you start, it's like a a bottom up approach, right? What's the one step that'll get you going? Yes. And then you carry on the snowball effect momentum. That's my entire life, I would say. With everything I'm trying, all my personal goals, professional goals, it really, all it really, for me, it just starts, it just starts. You have to start. Mm -hmm. And my biggest issue for years off and on was... I didn't know how to start properly. And so what would happen is I wouldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest That's the biggest thing. It's like you doing something is better than doing nothing. Yeah. I think that's also the hardest part for me. Um, what I tend to do is uh, I agree 100% with ha- just starting something. Um, but a lot of times, uh, just like at work where I have a calendar that tells me what meetings need to go and what time they start, what time they finish, uh, when I'm at work, I'm very prompt with that, right? I, I, if I need to be at a meeting, I'll go to that meeting. When that meeting ends and or when the time comes and it ends and people are still talking, I, I'm going to get up and leave because I know I have the next thing to do. And so being able to, to start and stop with like a dedicated um, period of time is, uh, is very helpful. And that's something I've started implementing a lot on my personal calendar. I never used to use my Google calendar a lot um, this year more than, than I have ever before because I realized how how productive or at least how how much I can get done at work. As a matter of fact, at work I can find out that I, I end up doing all the things I need to do well in advance of the day being over. And um, and and a lot of that is a calendar. Really, it's a calendar and then and action items. Calendar and bullet points. So I try to apply those same principles when it comes to entrepreneurship. And literally, um, you know, my day might end at work and I might get home at like seven and I might set a, a, a quick timer that says from 7 to 7 30 I might cook and eat dinner 
right? And then at, maybe I'll give myself 15 minutes. And then, you know, 8.15, 8.20, I'm going to start this certain task. And I'm going to do it for, you know, 45 minutes or an hour. And I end it. I'll stop when that timer goes and make sure I keep moving and chugging along. Because um, what happens is you might not necessarily, for my tasks, that not all of them are necessarily tied together. They're a lot fragmented. Sometimes I'm talking about podcast episodes and then another time I might be talking about a campaign or creating a flyer or writing a blog. So all these things aren't necessarily towards the same goal. But I need to make sure I start these different things because once I start, my brain subconsciously keeps working on that even when I'm not working on it. So I might say, okay, I need to write a blog article today. Um, I'm going to write down the title. I'm going to write down a couple points. I might even write down a paragraph or two. When the timer goes off or when my segment of time stops, I stop the task. And from there, I move on to something else. And it's easier to then pick up on a task that you've already started because now the next time I go back to look at that blog article, say the next day, um, I have a foundation, I have something to work off of. I can almost remind myself of where I was and easily pick up versus um, you know, starting fresh. Every single task is fresh. It's hard looking at a blank document, right? It's, it's hard coming up with a, with, that's why we do topic generation, right? Prior to podcasts, because we can't just sit down, hit record and, and start talking. So, so getting started, taking little incremental steps, one step in front of the other for me is, is the best way um, to, to manage my time. and. And, uh, and, and the entrepreneurial journey is, is a lot difficult because those are things you have to put in place for yourself, right? No one is going to tell you to do that. And I also have a little bit of motivation when I think about, you know, if, if I don't do anything on Monday and I decide to not do anything at all, that just means my entire entrepreneurial project shifts up by one day because I didn't work on it and no one else is working on it, just me, right? Which, uh, which will then take us to this next point that I want to talk about is, um, do you do you tend to do a lot of the work yourself or do you get people to help you? How does that work? How do you realize, you know, when you know you have a task list that you need to accomplish things and you know yourself, you understand your capacity, but you need to get more done. How, how do you address that? Mm. Yeah, great point. Yeah, to circle back here on what you were saying about having the, those bullet points and the calendar combined. That calendar tool sounds like it's really useful for you, making sure you keep everything organized and having that plan, really. Mm-hmm. That's your version of a plan. I just use a, pretty much a basic like note document for my plan throughout the day. And also what you mentioned about having to shift things to the next day, mm-hmm. that right there is completely normal. That, that happens all the time with me where it's like I have a list and something might get in the way. I think I have enough time to accomplish it, but I don't. But that's okay, though, because that's life. Life does get in the way. But as long as you can move it to the next day, you know, I'm going to prioritize that now, the next day, mm-hmm. then uh, that, that will keep the needle moving forward, right? As long as you have that, that plan. And that plan can obviously can be different ways, right? You can have the notepad. You can have the calendar and bullet points. But as long as you have that action plan in place, uh, productivity will happen. You will get stuff done. Mm-hmm. And it's all about having those minimal preparation to start. Yeah. Just starting. So you asked me something earlier. Can you remind me what you asked? Yeah, well, I'm just gonna, uh, what I did ask you was, um, uh, do you do it all yourself? But, mm, but on yeah. top of that, I think with um, shifting things to the next day or even just starting, um, I find that it's, it's, I feel better at the end of the day or I even feel better talking about what I've done when I've attempted to do something, right? When when somebody says, hey, you know, what'd you do yesterday? And I can say, well, I started a blog article and I got the first draft down and and then, you know, I'm going to work on this. I was thinking about this. So these are, these are conversations where I'm not actually writing 
anything down, but I'm I'm speaking my plan out loud, right? Something that I might not have even had on my mind at the time, but as soon as somebody asks me a provoking question, or I see something on TV, or I read an article, or I see a sign, or I see somebody in the street doing something, it then reminds me of what I was working on. And again, I, I now think, hmm, when I get home, I'm gonna add on to it based on what I saw. So um, so yeah, pushing things to the next day absolutely is, is not uncommon at all. But I also think there's another aspect in there of being able to talk about how productive you were that's just encouraging and, and provides a little bit more, motiva- mm. m- more motivation when, uh, when you're working on these tasks. Yeah, it's a positive feedback loop as well, mm-hmm. right? Because you're, you're performing these tasks, you're getting things done. Obviously, productivity feels amazing. You actually have, you end the day, right? And you're like, oh, I, I accomplished so much today. Right. And yeah, so talking about it obviously will make you feel even better about doing that and give you more motivation for the next day, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so to circle back again about what you were saying, like as far as do you do everything yourself or do you help uh, outsource that maybe or do you hire the people to actually do certain tasks? Yeah. And the thing with my business is, yes, I definitely do that because I know I'm not good at everything mm-hmm. and I don't want to be good at everything I have a very I guess I would say I have a very specific set of skills that I know that I'm that I love I'm very passionate about one and I'm naturally good at and so if I find those two things I love it and I'm naturally good at it then those are the things I'll do myself but if there's other stuff that needs to get done and I don't like it nor am I good at it why would I force myself to become great at this thing? There's mm-hmm. no reason to. We have we have so many different tools online. We have Fiverr, we have Upwork, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. We have I have mastermind groups I'm part of that I I have a, I hired my business developer through that he takes all my phone calls for me now, which has lifted a huge weight um, off my shoulders. So, if you do run a business or you're looking to run a business. I know starting out, you might want to do everything, which is okay. But as you move forward with your business, you really need to sit down and figure out what do I love and what am I naturally good at? Mm -hmm. Those two things. Figure out those tasks or those uh, different projects that you do love and you're naturally good at. From there, if you have other projects or tasks that don't fit within those two criteria, you should consider uh, hiring it out to someone that is good at it. Yeah. You know, one thing that... um uh, the, the, the corporate life has taught me is that you definitely need to play to your strong suits and other people's strong suits. But when you're starting out a business as an entrepreneur, you know, in the very early stages, a lot of times it's necessary to start and do a lot of the things yourself. Because for one, um, you need to understand what you're trying to do. You need to understand what you're good at. You need to understand what you hate doing, right? And the only way that comes about is by by doing it yourself and trying it. I mean, you can think about, oh, well, you know, I, I hate web design. I hate creating flyers or something like that. But if, you, if you've never tried it, then you're, you're just, you're, you're making an excuse. You don't really know that you don't like it. Um, or, you, or you might not like it, but you might be very fast at it, right? So there's a lot of things like that that I run across uh, along my entrepreneurial journey. And, and so I guess circling back to the, uh, the corporate structure that I was saying is um, in, in, a, in a, one of my past life positions, um, I had a team of people that um, I, I was leading. And, um, and when I first began working in that position, um, I thought that you know it would be great me as a leader to roll up my sleeves and get in the in the in the weeds and, and work with my team and and everybody you know I, they would see me you know lead by example you know that whole phrase, but what I ended up finding out is that um, by me being present all the time, um, for, it, it was it wasn't necessarily 
growing the team, right? It wasn't necessarily moving our team forward. I was getting a pushback in some situations because in a way, I'm almost stepping on their toes. And so it took a long time for me to realize that and a lot of feedback and, you know, just kind of like discussing with people, why is this not working? I mean, I'm here with you. Why is it not working? But, um, but then I realized that, well, I need to play to my strong suits. The reason why I was put in that position is, is to lead the team, right? Not to, not to necessarily do each individual person's job alongside with them. So being able to understand what your strong suits are, what your, your purpose is, sometimes you have to get in the weeds to realize that. But then once you, once you take a step back, that's when you start to realize, okay, this is this person's strong suit. This is this, per, this, this outsourcing piece of my entrepreneurial business. This is somebody's strong suit, the, the web designing. That's not my strong suit. I don't necessarily have to design with that person. But what you do have to be able to do is articulate exactly what it is you need done when it comes time to outsourcing. And so I think um, being in the weeds sometimes is a good, is a good um, experience because it gives you the time to understand what you're trying to do, your business model, the things you like, you don't like, you're good at, you're, you're not good at. And then you can effectively start to outsource um, or, or hire somebody to do it. Because I've run into situations where um, I immediately jumped in and tried to outsource um, when I was writing books, when I was doing website designs, um, even doing Facebook campaigns. I've, I've, I've tried to outsource these things. But the challenge is, is you have to be able to articulate exactly what it is you need done. And when that person comes across challenges, you as the person who is outsourcing, outsourcing it needs to be able to you need to be able to remove the challenges, not necessarily tell them how to design it, but when they come across a, something that's bothering them, something that they can't get through, or, or maybe what they're producing isn't what you envisioned, you need to be able to understand from that person's perspective why or what their thought process is, and then help guide them in the right direction, right? Mm -hmm. It's very vague um, um, when, when you're talking about things that are like web design or or, or even wedding planning, right? How do you want your wedding to look like? How do you tell a wedding planner what to fix or, or what kind of like decorations to use? Um, you can say colors and things, but whatever is in your head isn't, isn't gonna be in their head. And being able to articulate your, your message and what your goal is to that person is key when it comes to outsourcing. So, so I, I would recommend not doing it too soon, but I do recommend it as a, as a tool or as, as a, something in your back pocket to consider um, yeah. to keep moving the needle forward. Yeah, man, that's a <clears throat> really good point you made. I mean, that really adds on to what I was saying as far as, you know, figuring out what you love to do and what you're good at. And then if you don't really, if you don't, if you don't have those two criteria, you do outsource it. But a good thing you really brought up is that don't fall into that trap of, okay, well, I don't think I'll be good at this or I don't think I'll like it. So then I'm going to go and outsource it right now. It's like, no, you should definitely attempt to do something or at least learn about it first. Because like you said, when you outsource, you do have to articulate and, and delegate certain orders, right? Mm -hmm. To whoever you're outsourcing it to so they can have a path. Because if you can't explain to them what you want or you don't know a little bit about it, then they're not going to know either. Exactly. They're just going to go ahead and use their own like creative freedom. And that's happened to me before, which is unfortunate. And so I had to learn a little bit about every single type of task I was outsourcing, just learning a bit about it, at least the foundational principles of it, so I can explain mm -hmm. my vision to them. Right, right, and kind of direct, direct the person that you're working with. Mm -hmm. so, so when you talk about outsourcing or hiring, a lot of times that involves money, right? Mm. So, and I think that's an entrepreneurial um, challenge or bridge that we all have to cross is, is do I, do I pay for something? Mm -hmm. How do I justify paying for it versus doing it myself? Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've been on both sides of that fence and, um, 
what I found out is that initially I wanted to do everything myself, you know, DIY, the whole thing. And, uh, and the reason why I wanted to do that was to save money, right? To save money and not have to pay someone to do certain things. And, um, but, but then there's the other side of this where if you, if you do decide that you're going to pay for something, um, you need to understand, I guess, what your return on investment will be, right? There's going to be a time frame with that um, return on investment. So what's your take on bootstrapping mm-hmm. versus, um, versus outsourcing and, um, mm-hmm. and paying for something to get done? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, when it comes to either bootstrapping or really like, it comes back really to the money situation now, which money and time, there's a lot of correlation there, right? And so bootstrapping versus potentially taking on debt. And so when you bootstrap, yeah, you you usually have to use your own money to do stuff. And when you have to use your own money, you tend to want to do more of the task yourself because mm-hmm. it's a limited supply of money, right? Mm-hmm. They do they do relate there. And so when you bootstrap, I think in my opinion, you have to figure out once again how much time do you want to spend on it yourself? And you got to remember, if you're spending time on a new task or a new type of project you've never done before, it's not just spending money on it, maybe a little bit of money, but it's mainly spending a lot of time on it. Because right. when you don't know how to do it, you're going to spend a lot of time on learning it. It's a learning curve, right? However, if you decide you want to spend more money to hire someone like a professional, you might have to leverage debt to do that. And now you're spending money, but you're not spending your time anymore, really. Mm-hmm. You're spending a little bit to guide them, but not a lot because they should be an expert in that area. Right. And so, yeah, it comes back to that. It's really come back to that fine balance of how do I want to approach this? You know, am I able to actually finance this if I can? And if I'm going to finance it, I want to hire the best because they're going to get the job done right with limited time on my part to have to intervene. And so I would definitely, for my own business, to accelerate things, I would definitely recommend debt because if you, when you leverage debt, you can accelerate the process and you can accelerate the results. And as long as you know you can get a positive ROI, that debt doesn't matter at the end of the day because you're getting more money back than what you spent. Mm-hmm. I'm going to dissect the debt part for a little bit here because um, this is what I did. <coughs> well, I guess it was more of a bootstrap, but the, more of the acceleration piece is what I want to highlight here. When, um, when, I, when, I was first, when I first decided I wanted to be a published author, obviously the first you know, thing to think about is, well, I need to write a book, right? I need to write it myself. And so um, I remember starting uh, to write a book myself, and I probably got a couple of chapters in. But I realized very quickly that for one, it's, this takes a lot of time, especially if I'm I'm trying to do this at night, you know, and after work. And if it's not a topic that I'm fully invested in, maybe I'm writing it just because it's a hot niche at the time. You know, I don't get a lot done. And 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 the progress of the book, it's very practical. You can see it, it's very tangible. The progress of the book literally correlates to how long I spend each day writing it. If I don't write, nothing gets written, right? So um, I decided that I'd bootstrap. And the first book I did, um, I started it, and it probably took about three or four months to get done. I had one person um, writing different chapters and articles and ideas and sort of putting the whole thing together, and I was doing the editing, which I could manage. I could edit it easy, um, as long as I I didn't have to write all the content 100%. Um, And then then after the first book went on, after there was a couple months of of work there, it, it got published and everything went out. The second time around, I decided I was going to do another one. Rather than having one person write it, which I thought was great, I decided I wanted to accelerate that process even more, right? Rather than taking, you know, three, four, five months to get the, a book out, 
I wanted to do it in 30 days. So I ended up spending a lot more money and hiring more writers, right? Because I wanted this person to write the last half, this person to write the middle, this person to write to build on the, the, the entries and it's somebody to put it all together. Somebody was working on a cover. So I was able, by hiring more people, I was able to get a lot of activities um, to concurrently make progress rather than having to do it myself where I'm writing, then I'm editing, then I'm doing the covers. I could have all those activities happening at the exact same time. And I was able to produce a book that was three times the size of my first one in, um, in, in 30 days, rather almost, yeah, almost a third of the time it took for the first one. So um, being able to accelerate that, uh, it, it moves the needle forward, we keep saying that. But also I realized that, yeah, I'm spending all this money with the intention of being able to make it back very quickly rather than spending five months of time and money to start realizing um, a revenue or, or any kind of profit, it took me 30 days of investing more time to then realize that revenue a lot quicker, right? Mm -hmm. So the, for the next first month, I'm, I'm working, but for the next four months, it's, it's selling, right? Mm -hmm. Versus five months of working and then maybe five months of selling, right? You can, you can really accelerate the process and mm -hmm. slim down by outsourcing. Yeah, and as long as you have that positive ROI coming back to you, it doesn't really matter. And you just saved so much time on all these other tasks. Because not only did you not have to do them, but you said, oh, I can have pe hire people for all these different tasks and they can all get them done concurrently. Mm -hmm. So you're doing it all at <laughs> once. It's like you have, you know, like you have... <laughs> 30 different hands that can actually go and do everything at the same time as opposed to you doing, okay, task one, all right, done, right. task two, and how much time that actually takes. And so it really does come back to time versus money, right? And it's uh, with bootstrapping, most of the time, yeah, you use your own money, but most of the time you're doing more tasks yourself because mm -hmm. you don't have a lot of it. And so that's why you, you consider potentially taking on a little bit of debt or financing it because you can now spend more money, get more done, uh, at the same time. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, I mean, that's what business is, right? That's what a CEO of a, of a you know, a car manufacturing company doesn't go down to the floor and then build the, the, the car itself, like strap on the tires, build the engine, and then from there, move the car down and then do the quality inspections and then take that car down and get all the health inspe in inspections done and then take it outside and drive it and then take it to the market and sell it. A CEO doesn't do that. A CEO sits at the top, has a direction and a vision, and has thousands of hands that can collectively work together to run the business. And that's what being a business person is. As an entrepreneur, if you're trying to run a business, that's what you need to be doing. Now, bootstrapping is more reflective of a freelancer, right? You're working for yourself, but it's your time, it's your effort. If you don't work, you don't get paid kind of thing. So there's a, there's a fine line between um, freelancing and, and, and running a business. And, 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 and businesses run on, on debt. They do, and debt is actually a good thing. We've talked about this in earlier episodes. Debt is not a bad thing. I think that a lot of times in society that's really portrayed, it's like, oh, debt, are you in debt? Oh, my gosh, you're in debt. Oh, gosh, you're in debt. It's like, well, you got to think about, are you leveraging that good debt? Are you using that debt because you know I'm going to use it towards some sort of positive return on that debt? And so debt is not a bad thing. They call it a four-letter word. It's actually a really good thing, but... Like uh, Lante was saying, as a business owner, when you do hire out, you decide what projects you want to delegate, 
in my opinion, it always comes back to the two E's, right? Are you being efficient with it? Are you being effective with it? Because hiring out and outsourcing is being very efficient with your time, right? Mm -hmm. But the people that you hire, are they effective at getting the task done? Mm, that's a very, very good point. So, so when it comes to, to dissecting your business to understand what needs to be outsourced and, and what, what can stay in-house per se, um, one way we talked about was you know, actually attempting the tasks yourself and, um, and, and learning how to do them hands-on. But, um, but I, I, I dare say that there are other ways to, to learn things without actually having to do them or to, um, let's say, move the needle forward by working with other people without having to pay them. Mm. Right? So one of the things that um, I, I have started to use a lot this year specifically is, is collaborations. Right? I enjoy that a lot where um, I can find, uh, so I, I identify a piece of my business that um, would be taking me a lot of time. I could do it myself, but it would take a lot of time, right, and dedication to that. And, and, and if I can marry that gap with somebody who has a strong suit and an interest in that gap to then have a mutual benefit when we work together, that way this person can help me with my business at the same time I'm helping them with their business. So our efforts and anything that I'd be wanting to do on a daily basis which I'd love to do anyways, is benefiting somebody else. So I'm, I'm essentially paying them with my time, but it's moving my needle forward as well. And they're paying me with their time, but it's also moving their needle forward as well. No need for the finances in between. So um, that's one way I would say that um, we can outsource without having to worry about the debt piece, is understanding how to collaborate with people, how to work together and, and join towards one common effort. Um, another way, rather than implementing your own learnings and trying to like trial and error and figuring things out would be looking at things like YouTube, YouTube videos, or um, or joining uh, Facebook mastermind groups. I know you have experience with that. So mm -hmm. how does that work for you? How does that work in general? And then how does that benefit in moving your business forward? Mm. Yeah, great, great question. So yeah, <clears throat> to start with those mastermind groups, yeah, if you're trying to build a business or whatever your niche is, whatever you're looking to learn more about, that is one of the first steps I would say is definitely join Facebook groups. There's there's Facebook groups for everything. Everything you want to know, whatever you're trying to do, there's always a Facebook group for it. And so, yes, that's what I do. I joined uh, a program that's helped my business grow and scale up. And as part of that program, yeah, I've been able to have access to other agencies that are doing the exact same thing. And so you learn a lot from them. Mm -hmm. A lot of their struggles, their, uh, their successes, uh, whatever it might be, and also opportunities. I've gotten contract opportunities as I still build my agency. You know, I'm in, I'm using debt right now to build it, and so having some cash flow from other areas, I've gotten contracts through these groups. And so there's also opportunities for for uh, jobs as well when mm -hmm. you join these. And so I would definitely recommend that um, as part. I guess you would call it more of a, a business enrichment. As well as, yeah, the YouTube and taking courses online. Man, I've taken so many courses. I've watched so many YouTube videos, and I've read a lot about how to perfect my craft. I mean, it's something that I love to do, so I do it often. We live in, this is 2018. I mean, this is the age of the Internet. I mean, we have instant information, and a lot of times it's free. You don't have to go and pay for all this anymore. And so, yeah, definitely utilize the Internet, and, yes, try to educate yourself as far as either doing the task yourself or learning more maybe about hiring people. Mm -hmm. like there's plenty of things out there that can teach you this. Yeah, so for example, um, one thing would be when I was looking at um, 
how to build websites, right? There were certain things that I wanted to learn how to do, and there's certain things that I I wanted to find an easier way to do, right? So when you when you're coding up a website and maybe you want to add in plugins, you want to make it fancy schmancy, you want to update a template. These are things that I could definitely like go into the back end code and, and and try to read it and figure it out and and then maybe like YouTube a video on how to code. But but rather than doing that, I might just look up a YouTube video on what it takes to customize a template. Uh, and I might watch, spend 25 minutes or 30 minutes, 40 minutes watching a video on how it's done. And then rather than saying, okay, I'm going to do that, I can say, okay, these are the things that I need to articulate to the person who I need to do that, right? So um, same thing with writing. Like um, when I when I start writing blog articles, one thing as a, as a, as a writer is that I always want to get better with my storytelling, always want to get better with my content and understand how to um, articulate or paint a picture uh, in, in a person's mind. And so one way to do that is by writing a whole bunch of things, asking people to read them, tell them what they think, go back and edit them, maybe post them online, check out my engagements. I could do it that way, but that takes a lot of time. But another way that I could do that is by literally reading other people's books, reading an author about an author, maybe reading their autobiography about entrepreneurship. So I'm gaining knowledge as I'm reading it, but I'm also pay atten paying attention to their style. And I can easily find out how many per how many books this person has written. Easily find out the reviews when I just go to that book and say, "How was this written? Was it good? Is it an easy read? Was it complicated?" And so it's 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 a two for one, right? I'm gaining the knowledge, but I'm also understanding, or it can improve or take notes on on their writing style and adopt some of it or or discount some of it. Mm. So um, being able to be smart with your time, right? Trying to stack on two-for-one, I'm calling them two-for-one opportunities, where you're, you're, you're learning in, in two various capacities, but it's all towards the same goal. That's mm -hmm. one way that I would, uh, I would share that message for sure. Yeah, so definitely to bring it back here, I mean, yeah, making the best use of our time as entrepreneurs is uh, important because, again, we only have so much time in the day, and if you're trying to build your own business, there's uh, plenty of things that can consume your time, including life and all these little uh, small tasks that you might be able to outsource. And so really coming back to it is having a strong action plan. Uh, when you start your day or you start your week, knowing what you're going to get accomplished in that week and also leaving gaps for life. Life gets in the way that always will happen. So making sure you set up reasonable goals for yourself, a reasonable action or task list for yourself and leaving room for the unexpected. Absolutely, and I'd also say on top of that is that, um, and I was actually talking to one of my mentors, I called him the gentleman CEO um, earlier this week, and and one thing that he, he said, you know, he, we were kind of talking about when we first met, when we started beginning, we began our, you know, mentee-mentor relationship, and, you know, we kind of looked back and he was like, you know, that was about three years ago. I was like, yeah, that really was about three years ago. That's, and um and he's like you know look how far you've come he said and I was like you know it's hard for me to see how far I've come when um you know it's kind of like looking in the mirror every day and you, you've been looking in the mirror every day since you've been born and you look the same you, you always look the same right so it's hard to um to kind of like remember and understand like where you started and where you are and so I told him um you know maybe I should take more time to reflect back and he said you know what never reflect back he said it's okay to look back but never reflect. Don't spend time thinking and living in that past. Just look back, identify where you started, and look at where you are now, and then keep moving forward. Always taking steps forward, one, one foot in front of the other. Mm. So I thought that was a great message 
and it was encouraging, and I, and I enjoyed that perspective from him. And I carried that with me. It was only last week, but I'm, you know, I think about that. You know, no need to reflect and and really dwell on on how you're doing or what you're doing or what somebody said, because that that's that's all gone now. It's in the past. So mm. yeah, there's a fine line there mm. of reflecting and living in the past mm. and being like, oh, I love the you know the good old days, right? Mm-hmm. I was there. I was doing this. Yeah, I mean, used to do this. Used to do this, but dwelling on that for so long, yeah, that is, there's something to that that definitely, um, I wouldn't say is a great thing. However, I do believe in progress, and I do believe in celebrating your successes, and it really comes back to acknowledgement, right? It's like, maybe you're having a bad day. You're like, what am I even doing? Like, why, why am I here? What am I even trying to do here? But remember, if you can look back, you're like, well, I have made it pretty far, but don't spend time in the past. Just recognize, like, oh, wow. My progress, right? I, I mean, I am much further where I am today than I was, you know, a few weeks ago. And so being able to acknowledge that because that does give you the motivation to propel forward. Yeah, so to really circle back here as far as making the best use of your time as an entrepreneur, we talked a lot about the action plan, the resource plan, making sure that you do know what you're going to do throughout the day, throughout the week, and letting life get in the way, leaving those appropriate gaps uh, to make sure that you are ready for the unexpected, but you can still be productive. Mm-hmm. And then uh, going from there, really, figuring out as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, should I go ahead and bootstrap it myself, spend more time on the tasks I need to get done and spend less money, or should I maybe go into a little bit of debt? As long as I know there's a positive ROI here, when I go into debt, I can start hiring the best of the best, or at least someone that's really effective at that task, which would open up a lot of time for me to focus on what I do best. And then lastly, we really talked about continuing to self-educate, right? We, we have access to the internet. We can go online. We have mastermind groups we can join, Facebook groups. We have YouTube channels we can be part of and really continue to educate ourselves and making sure that we are doing our tasks effectively as well as making the best use of our time because you can go in blind and try it out and just be like, well, this is not working. And you spend a lot of time probably doing a lot of errors or you can go look online, educate yourself, and figure out how, how should I do this effectively? Who's already doing it that's really good at it? And taking that knowledge and really um, really uh, just adapting it to your business and making sure you are doing these tasks efficiently and effectively. Absolutely. And then just to kind of end it on this note is, is really we need to understand that there's a lot of things that, that we may have, have accomplished and we need to take the time to celebrate our accomplishments and the steps that we're moving forward. So uh, rather than living and dwelling in the past and reflecting back on what you used to do or how things used to be, um, it's good to acknowledge those things, look to the past, understand where you came from, and then continue to look forward to to really concretely identify where it is you want to go. Outstanding. On the next episode, we're going to be talking about the six must-dos to growing your global network and the secret to weaving a web of superstars. My name is Nathan Garrett. I'm your digital dynamo. You can find me at nathangarrett.net. And I'm Lante Tacona, your collaboration connoisseur. You can connect with me on LinkedIn at L-A-N-T-E-I. All right, until next time.